you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Welcome to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast, engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest experiences. Thanks again, listeners, for tuning in. There are so many details in running restaurants, and as operators, we face so many challenges on a daily basis, and it seems like the unexpected is always around the next corner. So it certainly helps to have a partner in our corner, a partner that's an industry expert, that's been there, that's seen it all, that can answer questions, give advice, and most importantly, go to bat for us when we need it most. So I'm really excited um, to introduce today's guest. Every state has its own state restaurant association, and there's a tremendous amount of value and resources for the members, and they generally elevate the industry as a whole. So super excited to be talking today with Carol White, who is the CEO of the New Mexico Restaurant Association. Welcome, Carol. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Roger. This is fabulous. Well, it's a super pleasure. Yeah, you do a great job. Well, thank you for that. I I certainly appreciate it. So whether you're a new or an existing restaurateur, Carol, there are so many reasons why a restaurant should join the state association. Do you want to give us some of those ideas of um, the benefits and what you really provide your members? Sure. You know, first of all, it's your professional organization. Um, There's not many or maybe none attorneys that don't join the bar association and it should be something that every restaurant feels like they should do in order to support their industry you know it's the industry you're making money it's the industry that you're you're bringing um yourself to that industry and you need to put back a little bit and we do you know we do the advocacy for you you're not able to be up at the state legislature all the time looking at the bills making sure that the um the legislature isn't hurting you with some of their proposals. So we do that uh, statewide. We do it locally now because a lot of our issues, as you may well know, are going down to the local level. And then also the National Restaurant Association, we partner with them and they do that national advocacy. We have education, negotiated discounts, networking, and other services that are, are really critical to having a great restaurant and doing the right things in your restaurant. So it's really that rising tide theory. You want to be part of the bigger picture, help the industry, do your part, gain from your expertise. And, you know, you touched on one of the major things because it's so true that lobbying is something that we can't do on our own. And having a collective effort at the state house, understanding the issues, really digging deep and trying to pass legislature or help at least the legislators understand the issues from the restaurateur's point of view. And in my experience, that's not always the case. You know, they're not they have a wide variety of issues that they need to really get up to speed on. And if they don't necessarily understand the industry, they can pass legislation that's really harmful. So yeah, they come from a different set of backgrounds, and, and most of them don't come from small business, and most of them are not restaurateurs. So so they really don't understand our industry, and we have to go in and tell them, you know, why a piece of legislation might it affect our members badly. So mm-hmm. so it's important that we're there. And, and a lot of times they listen to us because they really don't know what they don't know. 
That's certainly been the case. I know when I started my first restaurant 20 years ago, one of the very first things I did was join that association. And it was a really, really effective organization. I know you're friends with the ex-CEO, Dick Groton, and he became sort of a mentor to me in the industry because I really didn't know um, very much about it. I got into the restaurant business with no experience, so I wanted to give myself every advantage, and I definitely found that my state association was that advantage. And I know that in many cases over the years, over a 20-year span, you know, minimum wage was one of those hot topics that constantly came up. And it's not that the industry or at least our members were opposed to minimum wage, but the whole tip credit and how that sort of entered into the picture and the legislators didn't understand necessarily that if you were going to raise the minimum wage, then suddenly servers that were making half the minimum wage in my state would suddenly go to minimum wage when they were already compensated through the tip credit. And we had to explain all those things. And, you know, that was just one piece of legislation that would have negatively affected operators that we were able to overturn. I'm sure in your long experience, you have many other um, points. Do you, do you recall any other significant um, in issues that affected the industry that you were able to successfully lobby for that helped your industry in your state? Well, there's always tax issues. And a lot of folks don't understand, you know, liquor tax is a, is a big issue that we deal with here in New Mexico. We already have one of the highest liquor taxes in the country. And so every year, you know, somebody comes up with a wonderful idea. This is how we should make make more money for the state is uh, liquor tax. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's not a liquor that. tax. It's something else that affects us. Sure. Um, soft drink taxes have come up and and we have to be, uh, you know, we have to make folks aware what that actually does. You know, we're passing that cost on to our customers. So ultimately, I mean, if you want to increase what your customers pay, then that's one of the arguments we use. We also use the argument that it, we're just one of the highest uh, liquor tax states in the country and and so far that hasn't worked to really curb mm -hmm. consumption so so what it, what you're saying it it sounds like a good idea but it's not necessarily a great idea so those tax issues really get us and and of course the minimum wages i mean that's spreading now all of a sudden we're talking 15 dollars, and it's i mean that used to be the number we used in committee to say well you know, yeah, someday it'll be $15 or $30 an hour. And, and we probably never should have said that because it gave them an idea, you know. Well, you know, that was a really contentious issue. And, yeah. you know, it all comes down to entry level jobs and kids in high school that don't necessarily need to make that kind of money because they're living with their, at home with their parents and any, you know, Older people that had been in the job market for quite some time, obviously, if they've been working, then they should rise above the minimum wage based on their performance. But very few people realize, or at least the legislation didn't realize how much that was going to affect the independent operator. And a lot of those um, operators, obviously, this industry does not have huge profit margins. The margins are really, really slim, and passing our increased costs onto our consumer is a real challenge. And facing competition from in the, you know, from the chain, the national chain restaurants that have the economies of scale and the buying power. So, you know, those increases really are difficult, if not impossible, to absorb. And the failure rate in this business is so much. So I can't imagine why every restaurant wouldn't just band together if you're not part of a national chain to do whatever you can to just leverage our, our collective strengths. And that's what we tried to do in the state of Maine. So I was really, really proud to serve 
uh, two terms on the board of directors. I think we affected a lot of change there. But one of the greatest things, Carol, was really getting the opportunity to go to the State House on several occasions and actually speak out as a member restaurant and literally speak about our individual collective experiences and what we were experiencing in our restaurant and how that legislation was going to affect us. And I'm sure you give your members the same opportunity. So it's not just the experts, you know, you and your staff that are going to bat, but it's, you know, it's, it's everyone banding together to say, hey, this is what it's going to do to us. And that is just one of the biggest advantages to, uh, to belong. Well, and I come from the same background you do. So I started my first restaurant when I was 21 and I had restaurants for about 20 years and they were all independent restaurants. So I, I, and that's how I got involved with my state restaurant association in the first place. I am now the paid executive, but prior to that, I was a member of the restaurant association and I found it invaluable. I, you know, beyond the advocacy, the education, um, you know, we've got serve safe, we've got alcohol server education um, customer service education. I'm, I'm proud to say that, that Rogers, uh, re restaurant rock stars is part of our education, um, offering. Thank you. We have, we have negotiated discounts for our members. And I think that's important too, you know, between our work comp insurance and, and even, uh, you know, we give our, our members discounts on serve safe. Um, so the other thing I think you probably found really beneficial to being on the board at least was the networking and getting to know other folks in the industry. I think that's just invaluable. You know, that's that rising tide thing again, because some of the people who had been in the business a long, long time that served on the board that had successful restaurants. And I got involved later in, in my career, so I definitely had the benefit of experience. But we, we served as mentors and consultants to those restaurants that needed extra help. We went into those restaurants and we helped them, you know, elevate their business, change their service, you know, work on their finances and their numbers. Because, again, you know, the, the, the numbers are really, really critical in the restaurant business. The margins are so slim. And... It's a really, really challenging business in that most of the restaurants I've worked with are so close to their operations. They don't have time to take a step back and look at the big picture because it's really put out the daily fires and, you know, be reactive, not proactive. And we really tried to change that mindset and get a fresh perspective and, and let every owner operator take that fresh perspective toward their business and do a lot of training. So that was another huge benefit of, of belonging. And I certainly had that, ex that benefit when I first joined and I had very little experience. So I definitely reached out to my association quite a bit in the beginning, you know, asked lots of questions, even legal questions, because there are precedents that have been set. Um, you know, you've dealt with many similar issues that other restaurants have been challenged with before, and you can just ask those questions, and then there's suddenly the solution when otherwise you'd struggle with it. But there are just so many reasons, and I'm really glad that you took a chance to share your story about starting your own restaurant, and that, that tells it all. You've got so much experience in running your own properties, and now you're in such a great position to help others. So I love that story. Thank you. What are um, some of the other projects that you're working on right now in your state to support your members, Carol? Well, we have a fabulous program um, in high schools called ProStart, and that yes. is mostly national. I mean, most state restaurant associations run a ProStart program. Mm -hmm. Of 112 high schools in New Mexico, we have 53 schools that are doing the ProStart program. I feel fabulous about that. Um, and of course, we're always looking for new schools. But, you know, we... We are in a, a uh, workforce crunch, 
right now. And getting folks to come to our restaurants and feel like that is a viable profession for them going forward. We get these kids as high school juniors and seniors. They're fabulous. They put out um, just incredible management programs as well as uh, culinary dishes and things. So so I'm real proud of that. And, and I think it's going to get people funneled into our industry early on. And if they, if they can do this, you know, they can get through school pretty quickly with, with all of their internship hours. So I'm, I'm real proud of that. I think it's really going to help us going forward in the nation to get these folks in our industry. Um, and then we have a fabulous work comp program that uh, helps our members with insurance. And the advantage there, and not every state has this, but the advantage there is that is that we're running the work comp program, so we're watching the fraud. We're making sure that we're paying only the the true um, claims and and making sure that the claims that are fraudulent are not being paid. So mm-hmm. so there's mm-hmm. a huge advantage in that, and you know, and then of course we have all sorts of education programs, networking, uh, get-togethers, and events. So you know, I mean, every association is just a little bit different, but it is important that everybody belong. You know, you've raised several really relevant ideas here. We talked about serve safe, and that is so critical in training our staffs in all safe food handling practices. And I know many states have adopted that certified food safety manager that needs to be in every establishment. And ServeSafe is really the heart of that. So if you're a new operator just starting out, you're going to be hearing about ServeSafe real soon. And it's just critical that we always stay on top of those safe practices. And your state association can definitely help you there. And then alcohol service training as well, right, Carol? I mean, you probably sponsor those programs several times a year because safe serving of alcohol is critically important, not only to protecting the public and our staff, but for liability reasons in restaurants, all those things. And then you even mentioned member discounts. You probably have a whole um, series of resources that you offer specific discounts by being a member. Credit card processing comes to mind as being one of the biggest. And let's face it, you can you can spend quite a bit of money on your, your transaction fees if you're not shopping these around. And let's face it, the association is doing that homework for you and they're getting a reputable company that is literally giving you best rates. Do you have that program in New Mexico? We do, we have a great uh, credit card program. We actually negotiated a discount for natural gas for our members, and that's been a huge program. Our Fantastic. members are saving a thousand to five thousand dollars a year in natural gas, you know, um, payments. So, so I feel fabulous about that one. That's a that's a you know, I just I just saved a, a restaurant chain uh, twenty thousand dollars annually. Fantastic. Yeah reason alone. I mean, there's so many reasons, but I mean, everyone is concerned about the bottom line. And if you're in this business, you really have to be concerned. So every opportunity that you can to work with a reputable company and then get the absolute best price on the comparable goods and services and the associations in each state are really going to bat with you. So let's shift gears for a second, Carol. I know that you're also involved in the National Restaurant Association. You're part of the Council of State Restaurant Associations, which is really all about best practices for the industry and that all trickles down to member benefit. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and what you're what you're involved in? 
Well, just like any um, professional organization, our professional organization is the Council of State Restaurant Associations. Uh, I would say 100% of the uh, state restaurant associations belong. Mm -hmm. We meet twice a year, once um, around membership and marketing, and then the second time uh, in the fall we meet around uh, advocacy. Because things that are happening in California are eventually going to happen in New Mexico. We know that. And so if we can hear from those folks in California what they're dealing with today, we we can get the advantage of, of how they're dealing with it and some of their wins. So we do this um, annually. It's it's terribly important for all state associations to go to these because you just, again, it's your professional organization. You get the professional development you need and you get the camaraderie with others. I can pick up the phone anytime and call any state restaurant association and know that they're going to be there for me. That's fantastic. You know, you touched on ProStart a minute ago, and I'm a big supporter of ProStart as well. And I can't think of any other any other topic that is that is more inspiring than to watch some of these kids and and the culinary expertise that they've already developed at such a young age and the mentors that they have you know really really great chefs with successful restaurants the national association really puts an emphasis on pro start so i'm really pleased to hear that you've got 53 schools plus that are involved here and you're contributing a great amount to that future labor force and that's the future of our industry and these kids are professional right out of the gate when they're taking their first jobs they take it seriously and and that is such a counter to the high you know nature of turnover in the restaurant business that most of us experience and getting that what I call the dream team staff is really a, a goal of each restaurant so that's definitely an advantage if you can find these kids and now the um, the NRA is putting a little bit more focus on the hospitality and the management side for those kids that are interested in becoming managers and possibly restaurant owners. And that sort of rounds out the culinary program. So what a what a huge benefit. Everyone has heard the statistics and perhaps you're a little bit more up to speed on it. But, you know, young people, the restaurant industry contributes a huge amount to our nation's economy. You know, I, it's it's in the billions of dollars that it adds to to the economy and most most of us right we all started out in restaurants at some point we all had a restaurant job you went on to own restaurants as did i little did i know when i was a dishwasher in a country club when i was in high school that i'd end up owning my own restaurants because certainly that was not my career path but do you have a sense of you know how many young people get involved in this business and actually make it their career because it was literally their first job and that you know this business can take you anywhere we, we as a culture and a society put so much emphasis on the importance of college degrees, but this is one industry where you can literally rise to the top without a college education simply because it's such a hands-on, you know, learn-as-you-go-along mentorship business. Do you want to elaborate a little on that or add to that topic? Sure. Um, actually, one-third of all Americans got their first job in restaurants. And I mean, we can see that we know that, you know, between the McDonald's and even the dishwashers, sure. that's where they're getting their first jobs. And then um, over half of all Americans have had a job in the industry. So and I, you know, if you ask most people, I'm going to say 80 percent of the people out there say they had a great experience, even if it was a dishwasher experience or counter service at McDonald's. They learned a lot. They learned a lot about service. They learned a lot about business. They just learned from those experiences. So so, you know, we go back to that. And I don't 
necessarily want to take up the minimum wage again, but but I really do want to keep those folks coming into our industry at that level. Sure. Now, and then going back to ProStart, the ProStart program is so fabulous. Um, they've they've had a restaurant management portion. You know, the culinary portion is just the that's the jazzy, sexy thing. Of course. Right. Right. Um, but the restaurant management, they have these teams put together a restaurant concept from soup to nuts. I mean, they're going from from the the entire floor plan to the menu and menu pricing and all of these things. Very rigorous um, learning in that. And and. Um, a couple of folks have actually opened restaurants from these restaurant concepts. So that's it, amazing. you know, I mean, and that's from high school students. So, so I would say connect with a a ProStart school if you can. Very important because then you get those kids that have the interest that are going on in our industry. For sure. you know, we connect them with scholarships so that they can go to a four-year, a two-year or four-year school after. Mm -hmm. um, it's really to keep them in the industry is to keep them at one of your restaurants, making sure that they're they're staying for the long term. And and I think this is a fabulous industry. We, you and I are both, um, we're, we're, we're the epitome of, of what can happen in restaurants. You know, started my restaurant at 21. Um, I'm now, you know, the CEO of a, a 1,100 member organization. You, you're working on your your programs. I think it's fabulous what you can do in this industry, and and it's never ending. Oh, the other statistic I want to say, mm -hmm. because it's a new statistic, is that half of all restaurants are now owned by women. That's awesome too. Terrific. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah. You know, this is. I'm passionate about this as you are as well. And, and just talking about, about getting involved with ProStart and that's finding a resource where you can literally take some of these professionals into your operations and what they're going to do for you. But I'd like to give advice to any operator or any of your members that are listening, Carol. And that's really about the importance of developing your team. I mean, I mentioned how transient this is, and a lot of restaurateurs have that experience of, you know, somebody comes in and they last a couple of weeks and then they go and then you got to replace them. And that just costs you time and money and it affects morale. But if you really put a focus on developing and training and, and elevating your entire staff, your turnover will actually decrease dramatically. And who knows where some of these young people that get into your business will end up and I can speak from experience when I first opened my restaurant again with no restaurant experience and this was 22 years ago I had a 15 year old dishwasher that started out with me and he literally rose through my organization and I mentored him and I trained him in business because someday he wanted to own his own business he didn't know he wanted to be in the restaurant business but he became my longest standing employee I think he was with me for like 19 years starting off as a 15-year dishwasher and he opened his own restaurant he purchased an existing restaurant that was for sale he owned and operated it for five years he elevated the concept transformed it and then he just sold it last year and now he's moving on to another property and again he started out as a 15 year old dishwasher and I could see something special in him and he took an interest in what I was doing so I 
you know, throughout that 18 years that he was with me, I tried to mentor him in all the aspects of running the business because it's more than just putting out pretty food. You know, it is a business. It's all about numbers. It's all about financial controls. It's all about, you know, recognizing and rewarding your staff and giving your guests the best experience. And he was able to do the very same thing. So this opportunity is available to any of us. If you find somebody special in your operation, nurture them, give them the benefit of your experience and encourage them because they can take it all the way. And I know there's lots of success stories in the industry. Celebrity chefs started out in very similar positions and now they're like rock stars in the industry. So you can literally take it anywhere, but there's just so much satisfaction that comes from watching someone come in as a young person and not having any direction, you give them a little bit of inspiration and then they take it all the way and then ultimately they get involved either as a chef or a, you know, an esteemed manager or even owning their own place. So I'm sure you have stories like that as well, but I can't ever forget that story and I'm just pleased that it worked out the way it did. It, that's, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of those stories and, and every one of them makes it, it feels very special. I think that's the one thing I miss about being in the in the industry is is watching those kids just just blossom, and and become something more than they started out. And so, so I do miss that. I have that opportunity every now and then when I when I see the pro start kids, but I'm not involved in that every on a, on a daily basis. So sure. it's one of the things I miss. Well, I commend you for that. So, Carol, what are some current trends you see happening in the industry, either in concepts, food service-related issues, or new resources? I mean, you're, you're right in the thick of it. You're in the forefront of the industry. The NRA show is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm always excited to attend that just to stay up to, up to speed on all the new technology and all the new, you know, everything is just revolutionizing the industry, and things are so much different than when I owned my operations just two years ago. So what do you see being really emergent trends or really um, significant things affecting your members right now that they should open their eyes to? Well, I, I think we've got a real problem with the EMV, um, mm -hmm. it, being able to take the chip cards. Uh, restaurants have not yeah. solved for that yet, and we're having some folks charge back Good point. on those cards. So, so that's, that's something that we have to solve as an industry. I mean, it's really important that, that we get some solutions and it's usually in your point of sale system um, most of the point of sale systems just didn't realize how hard it was going to be to integrate that EMV into their systems so so we're really struggling with that um, so and I think that's on the industry and not necessarily individual restaurants to do something about that um, what else I you know Millennials are always going to be a little bit difficult to to figure out. I mean, that's a that's a really a big generation mm -hmm. that we're mm -hmm. throwing into that millennial thing. So, um, so I think we've got to look at that. I know my kids don't cook, and I I don't know many folks their age who do cook. So that makes me happy. I just I know going to you know proliferate restaurants everywhere, um, and and I think they're perfectly happy not having sit down um, experiences. They're happy uh, just walking through a line and doing counter service. So, you know, and I'm, I'm telling my folks right now, um, between wages and costs and everything else, if you can do a restaurant counter service, figure that out because the sit down restaurants, as much as I love them and as much as, I mean, that's, that's my go-to restaurant type. 
Um, I think, yeah, I don't think the, the millennials really care about that that much. That's a really good point. I mean, it's a whole cultural shift. You know, that's another topic we've been talking about lately with some of my um, affiliate partners. But years ago, generations ago, it was really all about hospitality and service. And we ask ourselves today, what happened to the service in a service business? You'd walk into a restaurant and there'd be a maitre d' that would greet you and they would treat you like they were, you were the most important customer in the place. They'd seat you at your favorite table. It was all about relationships and that that whole thing is shifted and I eat out across the country quite often and I'm sure you do too and that whole service philosophy has sort of taken a back seat you know and I'm talking about when you drive into a gas station and they'd wash your windows and fill your tires with air while they were pumping your gas it's like that was a mentality you know the 50s and 60s and now the millennial generation is all part of that and they don't necessarily care and it's really shifting things and I'd really like to see a whole shift back to that word hospitality you know I I would too but I think things have just become that much more right. casual I think they people are our children just want the casual piece and mm-hmm. and they don't care you know and I think it all started when somebody started kneeling down at your table to take your order you know, that was like the end of the beginning or the yes, beginning of the end. I see yeah. that too. Oh. Well. So, you know, and it's, it's uh, you know, and bringing your check out before you are actually ready for it and all of those other things that, that we think about because we know what great service looks like. Right. But, but our kids don't know that and they don't care about it. And so, and, and it has to do with cost as well. Yes. You know, at it, everything some point, seems to. Mm-hmm. Yes. What advice, Carol, can you give new operators or chefs or just people who want to start their own restaurant? Mm. Can you give any advice for someone just starting out? I, say, I always tell my folks, you know, call me first before you start it. And I, I leave that open to anybody call me because there are things you're probably not thinking about. But, but um, you know, get as much experience as you can. And one of my things is systems. Definitely. If you systems if you don't know systems then get the systems and some of that means that you may have to go work for a chain restaurant to figure out what systems you even need and it's very important and I had a great experience when I was first in the restaurant industry Um, there was a village in across the street from me and I didn't know heck I didn't know how to take inventory I knew I needed to do it I knew there was a reason to do it but I didn't know how I went to them and they said, oh, let me show you. This is how we do it. And and so people are very gracious in this industry. They get into it because they are hospitable. Mm-hmm. And just ask folks. They'll help you out. If you don't have a system, you know, Roger's system for for service is fabulous. And I, it's, it's almost so important that everybody grabs a hold of these systems Um, because you have to get yourself out of the everyday putting out fires. You are the one who has to see the big picture. You're the one who is driving the vision. And if you can't do that, if you're fighting a fire, if you're, and and sometimes literally, you know, um, but if you're doing that, then you're not out there having the vision and training the way you need to train, et cetera. So, so, Systems is the one thing that I would say get in get that into place if you if you don't already have it. Thanks for bringing that up. You know that has certainly been my experience because um, it was the systems that really enabled me to succeed when I didn't necessarily have the experience. And I mentioned earlier in this call, 
you know, I, I do work with quite a few restaurants and I always ask this question, you know, what business are you in and what are your products? And that sounds like a trick question, but it's really a paradigm shift. And as, as you can imagine, the answer that I always get is, well, I'm a restaurateur or a manager and I sell food, food and beverages. And I tell them, well, no, it's like when I was running restaurants, I was not in, you know, I was not in the business of running a restaurant. I was in the business of running a business. And there's a huge difference. And it really was about the systems and the controls that allow you to succeed. But even more so, it was about that word, you know, that that concept of an exit strategy. And that means different things to different people. And I know you're out of restaurants now, as, as am I. I sold my properties. So what you want to do is build so much value into your business that it becomes so valuable to someone else to either purchase it from you, like, like my experience, or it just gives you that big picture where you can actually now be a customer in your restaurant and watch all those systems run your business for you. And you can not micromanage all those thousands of details because you've empowered your staff to be what I call intrapreneurs within your business. So that means you've trained them so well that they take a vested interest to run your property for you as if you weren't even there. And that is the whole difference between you know, spinning your wheels and working seven days a week and not feeling like you're getting ahead and putting these systems in place that can increase your sales and profits so that you can take a step back and manage your people and develop your people. And, you know, if you want to build an empire and just keep opening more and more operations or even franchise your business, the systems will allow you to do it. So exit strategy is a lot of different things. But it all starts with systems and building value into your operations. So thanks for bringing that up. That's a, that's a really great topic. So Carol, you've been a wealth of knowledge and information today, and I really appreciate your being a guest on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for asking me, and Roger, good luck to you. Well, I certainly appreciate it, and I'll be talking to you again soon, Carol. So that's another Rock Your Restaurant podcast. Thank you, listeners, for hanging with us today and tuning in every time. We got a lot on... Um, on associations and why you should be a member. So thanks again to Carol and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.